0: Welcome back to Mental Health, Let's Talk About It. I'm Charlene Pickram, and we're talking with Peter Stouffer about oppositional stress injuries and post-traumatic stress disorder and his own experience with chronic stress when he found out that he had cancer. So, Peter, what was it in regards to being able to overcome the stress of having cancer what strategies did you already have in place that you kind of were reminded about to use to overcome that stress from from past experiences?
1: Sure. Well, the first one was our former leader of the New Democratic Party, Jack Layton, was 61 years old, diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I remember the interview he gave, he said, Look, folks, don't feel sorry for me. I'm just one of 25,000 men in this country this year that'll be diagnosed with cancer. Mm
2: -hmm. I'll
1: get my treatment, I'll do the best I can. He didn't survive, unfortunately, but what he did say is he's one of 25,000 other people. So it's not, he's in this all by himself. Yeah. There's many, many other, and that's just 25,000 men diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. That's not 25,000 men diagnosed with leukemia or any other form of cancer, or women for that matter, with breast Mm -hmm. cancer, cervical cancer, etc. So. Well, you could almost triple that amount of Canadians every year that'll be told, you got cancer. Yeah. The big C word, as they say. Yeah. And so I realized that, one, I'm not alone. And two, I realized, hmm, this is a pretty big test (laughs) I'm going under. This is the one for my life right now. Mm. So I, I have such great faith in people who are health professionals. I really do. I... I've known doctors and nurses my whole life uh, through living in B.C., the Yukon, and now here in Nova Scotia. They've always done well. Mm. Uh, they've always done right by me in terms of my own personal care in B.C., and the Yukon, and here. My my wife's care when she had uh, an emergency appendectomy had to be done. My daughter's care.
2: Mm.
1: My other daughter so far has, has been fine. They had no concerns in that regard. Then I realized I just have to put my faith in the health professionals and do what they tell you to do.
2: Yeah, that's important. That's what
1: I did. <laughs> and then I realized as 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 uncomfortable as I was, mentally and physically, I realized that this is something I had to go through. And then you see, you remember an old movie that Robin Williams did about Patch. Yeah. Uh, a doctor who went into the cancer wards of children. Yeah. And uh, tried to make them laugh because humor was, the it always is the best remedy out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I realized these kids are six, seven, eight years old, and they may not make it. Mm -hmm. I'm in my 60s. I at least have had a life. Yeah. So I realized fairly quickly that even if it was going to take me, I had a lot to be thankful for.
2: Beautiful. These
1: kids didn't even have a chance. They didn't even get to start. Mm -hmm. They never know what love was. They never know playing sports. They never get to travel. Their idea of traveling is going to the bathroom and back to the hospital bed and to the operating room
2: yeah
1: and then I realized I was actually being selfish that I realized mm. that woe is me isn't going to work mm. and he, everyone thinks that way and then he realized very quickly, no 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 no, that is not how to approach this. Mm. I got a loving, beautiful wife, uh, two great children, great family I come from, uh, my friend's family. the experiences that I've had up to this point. Get at her. Like pitter-patter, let's get at it. Let's do what we <laughs> got to do and carry on. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. And then I realized about day three into it, no worries. I'm going to get through this. Had the operation. You know, having a catheter through you for two weeks is not a very pleasant experience. No. But I had good books, Sudoku and Netflix. So <laughs> I was good. You know, I just didn't answer the phone. Told everyone I'll see you in two weeks. And when yeah. I had it removed and I had my test, in fact, I go for a test on the 29th, uh, this evening, actually, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it'll be the third one. If it's clear again, I'm good for five years, so no worries. So it shows that if you are tested early, which I was, and, and this is where I haven't said this publicly yet, but my constituents actually did me a favor. The people of Sackville Eastern Shore, now called Sackville Press and Chesukuk, mm. when they didn't vote for me, even though I was anticipated to win by a wide margin, I actually lost that election yeah. to a good man in Darrell Sampson, the liberal candidate. But my constituents actually did me a favor. They probably saved my life because mm. if I was elected, I wouldn't have gotten tested.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And by the time, I could have been like Jack Layton. I could have found out too late.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I may not have gotten through it. Yeah. So it's funny when you think about, oh, geez, you lost the election. How do you feel? Right away, I felt pretty good about that. I went, oh, well, it happens. Yeah. It's like sports. You win, you lose. lose. You yeah. carry on, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel stress at all about that. I was actually quite relieved in many ways. Mm. Well, I don't have to do this anymore, but I'll continue volunteering and have some fun. But then I realized I started getting tested for my health and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden this PSA thing started, I didn't even know what PSA was, started kicking up. And even though I volunteered for Movember and everything else for prostate cancer over the years, I never really thought it would affect me. Like, Of it, course. It, it it hits other people.
0: Yeah, that's and we I, all I, feel I, that and, way. And
1: my job is to help those other people when they go through it, raise money, awareness, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when it hits you, you kind of go, uh-oh, okay, mm-hmm. my turn,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and get through it. And you know, I, and I did, and I'm here today because of it. So thank goodness for our medical professionals here in Nova Scotia. They did a great job.
0: Yeah, so there was a couple of things that you said within, there, within what you were saying, Peter. One was, you know, being able to recognize the positives within. Even though as bad as things were, you were still able to have that perspective where you could recognize that you had positives within yeah. your life. Um, And the other one is, is that you relied on other people's strengths, Mm -hmm. so the medical system. And the third one is that you were empowered enough to actually listen to them and do what was needed to overcome what was happening to you. So those were three very clear um, perspectives that you shared or strategies that you shared that help you overcome this trauma. That faced you at that time. What about your family? What strategies do you, are you aware of that they may have used during that time? Because yes, it was your your stress, your health, but we already identified it definitely have impacted them. What resources or strengths did they rely on to help them go through the process with you? Well, I
1: think. The kids, they all have friends whose parents had cancer or something of that nature. So they already had experiences dealing with their friends who went through traumatic experiences. Either uh, they they lost a parent Mm. or they were divorced or they had cancer or something or or relatives that had cancer. So they already had experiences, not on a personal level, affected themselves, but they had it outside and of course when the grandparents passed away they had that experience of never being able to see them again and mm. and they just older and they passed away yeah so now their dad has got now fortunate the kids were older they're in their 20s at this time it's not like they were young mm. and concerned so they were already on their way and had their education so their base was already set
2: nice yeah
1: dad and mom was going to go one day you know eventually it's going to happen just not right now yeah
2: yeah please <laughs> so, not now <laughs> yeah and so
1: and so uh, they already had that sort of experience. but then realized they saw that, uh, that the first couple of days I was going hmm but then they realized that no we're going to get through this it's not a problem we're going to we're going to deal with this mm-hmm. it's just we're being tested right now and we're all undergoing this test and it's our turn yeah, And so we're going to have to deal with this, and we'll get through this. And, and they all did. They actually took it fairly calmly, to be honest with you. Mm. I think at first they were worried and kind of concerned about all this. Yeah. And, you know, because uh, I was a fairly public person that got out in the media there, so all their friends knew, and so they were getting a lot of calls, how's your dad and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, it wasn't as private as it should have been probably, but it's hard to keep stuff like that pretty quiet after a while. But then I figured that I shouldn't be private. I should be more public about it in order to, because other people are going through it. Mm-hmm. And I want to make them aware that, yeah, I know what you're going through with cancer. I'm going through it right now myself.
2: Exactly. And
1: then you try to be as positive as you can, try to be as upbeat as you can, so that other people who who know you and watch you and listen, and it's probably part of a, the responsibility I still have as a citizen, being a public person for 18 and a half years, Mm-hmm. Just because you're not elected doesn't mean people don't know who you are or recognize you in the story. So you have a sort of um, a persona that you need to carry on, a responsibility, I believe, to carry on, yeah. to be a responsible individual, to be a positive individual, and to allow people to know that, hmm, he's human just like the rest of us.
0: Yeah, and and that, <laughs> that saying, I mean, I, we could say that just about everything, um, but, you know, the fact that you... Ec- we're so open with your acceptance, right? You didn't get stuck in the rut. I'm a victim. I'm going to bring everybody else down with me, and we're going to have the pity party. Acceptance is so important for individuals to really be able to move forward. And, you know, you had said two or three days. I, I must say, Peter, I find that exceptional, you know, to process that quickly and get to that acceptance piece, um, So that's fantastic. And it's role modeling. Like you said, you're role modeling for your family. You're role modeling to everybody in your community and everybody that you touch. Um, And that's powerful. Very powerful. Because even in your trauma, you're still giving to others. And that is amazing in itself that, you know, you said you kind of felt selfish, um, but I, your actions were unselfish, for sure, that you were willing to get out there and share the experience as sometimes, that can be really difficult. That's ra- a raw time.
1: But it, it, made, it was fairly comfortable because Lieutenant Governor Nova Scotia called me. He had prostate mm. cancer. Senator James Cowan called. Mm. He had cancer. Uh, former Minister of Health, Alan Rock, uh, former leader of the Reform Party, Preston Manning. Mm-hmm. These are all very public people who had the same thing I had. And they called all to make sure that, you know, they to, to see, well, here's what I went through. Any advice you need, give me a call. Yeah, the, that's great. This is what's going to happen to you. And, yeah. um, and I remember being in Denmark earlier this year and I met a fellow, uh, my wife as an artist, went there for an art show, We met a fellow artist there that his name was, Nick calls himself Flaming Rainbow. (laughs) Fleming Rainbow was his name.
0: Okay.
2: And
1: he had prostate cancer surgery the 25th of September of last year. I had it on the 26th. He's still going through issues over there. He hasn't really dealt with it yet. This Mm -hmm. is almost eight months later, and I already have, because there's certain exercises you have to do. There's... Certain things you have to worry about on your health and, and your relationship with your wife and that, it changes. Mm. But these are things you have to deal with and understand. And I think the stress of that compounds the, the physicalness of the cancer and the surgery.
2: Definitely. There's the
1: after effect and how do you deal with that. I think I've dealt with it fairly well. He's still having issues. That, so we still correspond nice. ever so briefly once in a while on that. And I just give him little tips of advice because people gave me that advice.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I'm
1: playing it forward.
0: Playing it forward. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Peter Stoffer. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. and We'll be back in a moment. Thank you for joining us for mental health. Let's talk about it. I am your host, Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment, and you're tuned into CIOE ninety-seven point five Community Radio. And in the studio this evening, I have Peter Stauffer. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, um, what I'm interested in hearing from you, Peter, is some information regarding the oppositional stress injuries as well as post-traumatic stress disorder. And you have a story of your own that you have shared with others. Can you share that with our listeners today?
1: Yeah, generally, um, as you know, I was a member of parliament for eight and a half years and I dealt with an incredible number of people who, um, who uh, unfortunately suffered from uh, what we now know as post-traumatic stress disorder or operational stress injuries, OSIs. And you know, you look back at the history of it back in those days, it, the Boer War, World War One, World War II, they called it shell shock or battle yeah. fatigue or, or even in some cases pure cowardice is what they would call it in that regard. Yeah. So I dealt with an awful lot of those people of the modern day era with it and going from ignorance, which I was in many cases, and I admit that openly, to understanding the concerns. Well, if some people can get through a tragic event, why can't you? Yeah, and then you realize that not all, not all people are the same. In fact, there is no cookie cutter approach to mental wellness.
2: That's right.
1: Every single seven billion of us have a different approach, and I myself went through it recently. Um, uh, and I had never felt stressed before, and then when I did, I went, "Whoa!" So this is what it feels like. Mm. And uh, I realize you can get kind of nervous. You don't sleep. You're not eating well. You're not. Uh, you're not very um, cooperative with your loved ones because mm-hmm. you always take it on your loved ones more. So, I realize that this is a discussion that every single one of us should have. Even if you have great mental wellness, yeah, you could easily, um, like catching a cold or catching uh, anything, you can become
2: mm-hmm.
1: ill mentally very quickly, and you don't even may may not even know that it's
2: happening.
0: Yeah, it's different you know, from observing somebody who's going through yeah. a mental health crisis because you're outside, you're looking in and you can really be objective. Yeah. But once you yourself are impacted by chronic stress, you you may react differently and you can't really see it because you're so emotionally involved in it yourself. Yeah.
1: You're absolutely correct. and And of course, what what you're trying to achieve is some sort of what is called the new normal. Yeah. Is this my new normal now? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I not gonna be able to sleep every night? Is it gonna take me a few hours to fall asleep? Do I have to take some kind of a sedative or medical cannabis or other prescription in order to fall asleep? And yeah. do I really wanna do this? And um why am I why are my kids walking around me on eggshells? Why is my wife avoiding me and not really talking to me? And my friends don't call me anymore. Mm. All this compounds the mental injury. And so what we need to understand is that a person is injured. That's nothing to be ashamed about. That's right. It is something that we should work at cooperatively to find a solution for that individual, mm-hmm. knowing full well And psychiatrists and psychologists know this very well. There is no cookie-cutter approach to it. And this, I find, unfortunately, is the biggest challenge facing governments, whether municipal, provincial, or federal. Their departments assume Mm. this is our standard approach to this particular issue when they need to realize that you could have a few thousand people you're dealing with. There's a few thousand different remedies you have to come up with. Uh, To some veterans, for example, having a service dog,
2: a Mm. post-traumatic
1: service dog, can be their answer. Others, it could be pottery. Dr. John Whalen, a psychiatrist, uses writing as an example. Others, it could be playing the guitar. It, you know, some will take medical cannabis. Uh, Some will try to uh, achieve wellness on a more holistic approach. Some it's group therapy. Every single one of us is different, and we need to approach that in a manner. But one thing that is similar in all cases, you got to talk about it. Yeah. You cannot sit in the closet and hide. You cannot avoid it, because mm-hmm. if you keep it in, that's when you have really more serious problems. And a situation like Lionel Desmond and others, who unfortunately took the life of three of his loved ones and then himself, if he had the opportunity to speak to someone, Mm-hmm. and that person could understand or try to understand what he was going through, then maybe, just maybe, we could have prevented that tragedy from happening.
0: Yeah, definitely. And something that I really liked what you said, Peter, was about you were always looking from the outside in at different individuals until you experienced your own chronic stress yes. And now that has, I, I believe, provided you with a new perspective and a greater empathy for others who you are engaging with regarding these conversations.
1: That's right. I admit, I didn't like it.
0: Mm, I no. did not
1: like it at all. <laughs> it only lasted a couple of weeks, but I did not like that period at all, and I no. did not enjoy it. Being told you have cancer is not a very pleasant thing, and uh, you kind of think, oh, my God. Is my will in order? Do I, You, you yeah. always think of the, the worst-case scenario. And then you realize, no, 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 no. I'm still on this side of the fairway, as they say in golf language, and so <laughs> we're going to get through this. And and then you understand that, yeah, you can do this You mm-hmm. you with the proper support systems in place. And this is the unfortunate part. An awful lot of people either don't believe those systems are there or they don't trust them. Mm. And so they they try to seek self-administrative assistance. And that usually is through drugs or alcohol or uh, through other means. Yeah, many um, means. (laughs) Or even in some cases, eating, overeating. You can can be addicted to uh, uh, certain fast foods, for example, and then you Mm -hmm. can gain a tremendous amount of weight. And by gaining that weight, you add not only further mental health problems because you no longer like the way you look you don't fit in your clothes but you're adding other problems diabetes and Mm -hmm. you can't walk anymore you can't walk as far you're out of breath and so it compounds the issue
0: yeah and and it's really important what you said about you know with cancer it's that total loss of control Mm -hmm. right and so learning how to re-empower yourself by learning unique strategies that benefit you and potentially your loved ones that are around you to deal with that level of, it is, it's stress. It's stress for you, it's stress for everybody that cares about you. So how do you holistically look at that and address everybody else's needs and concerns regarding that so that you can move together as a team and really stomp out that stress.
1: That's right, because the stress just didn't affect me personally. Mm. It was also my wife and two daughters. Definitely. And a certain amount of my friends going around, geez, Peter's not volunteering anymore. Where is he? He's, you know, mm. People calling, You haven't heard from you in a while. Is everything all right? And they kind of get worried about you. So yeah. it, it's, it, it seems ironic, but post-traumatic stress disorder is transferable. Yeah, it can. You can transfer it onto your loved ones. You may not want to do it. You may not mean to do it. Yeah. You may not think you're doing it, but you are. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you need a group effort in order to tackle this very serious issue.
0: Yeah, and like you said, the first step is for the individual to be willing to have that conversation, just with even one person, yeah. to help them. excuse me, overcome almost that it's a a mental and emotional block Mm -hmm. from seeking help for whatever reason, whatever fear that gets in the way, you know, could be potentially that you're, you know, you're the male in the household and you've always been the strong one in the house and now you need assistance. And so you change the role. And how does that impact the entire group? So it, right. it impacted your group very much, but you guys have managed to come together, obviously, to help each other move forward. Is that correct?
1: That's absolutely right. Yeah, no, mm. we figured, okay, this is what we're dealing with, and we'll deal with it. Very similar to years ago when our daughter was an infant and had to go in an oxygen tent at the IWK for four days. Mm. Kind of wondering, what's this all about? you mm. know? But you work at it together. You're both concerned about your newborn daughter, but you realize, okay, we have to trust the professionals and understand yeah. what we're doing. And she now she's a perfectly healthy, uh, you know, married woman now. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you you go back to your previous experiences and realize, okay, when I lost my job in the Yukon and had to find work here in Atlanta, Canada, you went, okay, we'll do this together. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of going through a challenging time and working through it And then you relate those experiences to what you're going through now. Yeah. You just deal with it. It's another bridge you have to cross. Or if you're a person of faith, you easily say you're being challenged right now. Mm -hmm. Let's see how you get through this one.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I love that mindset. Yeah. This is a challenge for you to overcome. And what have you experienced in your past that will assist you? What resilience do you already possess to overcome this That's and that right. and that has to do with your self-efficacy sure. do you believe in your own individual power
1: yeah. uh, it, you can break it down to simply you're driving down the road and you get a flat tire
0: mm. you're not happy no
1: you're a little ticked <laughs> off you're late for your appointment but it's a flat tire yeah you deal with it
0: yeah right? and put it into perspective
1: put it into perspective now mental illness is much greater than that of course but it's a sample of okay This is happening to me now. I'm being tested. How am I going to go through this? And who am I going to go through it with? Mm -hmm. There's your answer.
0: Mm -hmm. And so we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to continue having the conversation with Peter about what are some of the ways that we can be proactive in building resilience within ourselves to help us overcome oppositional stress injuries and post-traumatic stress disorder. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks for staying tuned into the CIOE 97.5 FM Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I am your host, Charlene Pickram, and I have one of my fellow hosts of CIOE in the studio with me, Peter Stauffer. He has the Hour of Heroes, and is that still on Tuesday mm-hmm. at 1 p.m.? Yeah. So you can uh, tune in to him on Tuesday at 1 p.m., Um, and so Peter, now that you know that you're not immune to different stress impacts, what are you doing proactively to protect yourself from different events in our life that cause us stress so that you don't go over the deep edge?
1: Sure. Well, you know, you you mentioned up here about the previous allegations that I was accused of, and then of course cancer. And then you realize these are tests and stuff and you understand, hmm. Okay, how am I going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Seriously, how am I going to personally be able to react to this? How am I going to continue to have a good night's sleep and maintain my schedule of proper diet, exercise, being with my friends, still volunteering and doing all the things that I like to do?
2: Beautiful.
1: Well, quite a simple thing. The other day, for example, I tried to catch a leaf. Now, I know that sounds crazy. No. The leaves are falling off the trees right now. Have you ever tried to catch one?
0: It's hard.
1: They're not easy. No. The little bastards are <laughs> twisting down. You can't. You got to. So I, I was like a little kid.
2: That's great. Trying to
1: catch leaf and went, this is really cool. Yeah. Then you realize you just take a second out. Like we have a property in Whitehead where we have a trailer on. And to me, that's one of the most beautiful spots in all of Canada, Guysborough County in Whitehead. It is just south of Kenzo. Absolutely gorgeous up there. And Torbay Beach is one of the most beautiful areas there. But you listen to the waves hitting the rocks mm-hmm. or on the sand, or you go for a walk, mm-hmm. and you hear the birds, and you hear the crickets, for example. You see the stars at night. And then you, you hear a distant boat off of the, in the distance, or you see the Whitehead Lighthouse. Light light station going on and off with the Port Felix Foghorn going on and you realize wow there is so much beauty right here in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. And you look forward to those things. And you realize that not every day is is cake and candy as we say. Some <laughs> days you get turnips and brussels sprouts. And I don't or like coal. Those. I don't like those two things. And so you realize that yeah, everything is up and down. It's like mm-hmm. a wave. It goes in, it comes out. And you gotta just roll with it and, and that's easy to say but when you're in that turmoil as we mm. say or as a sailor would say in rough seas, you've got to ride it out
2: yeah
1: you got to ride it out and uh, and many other people have done this long before I ever came around and many other people after me will do it as well. yeah I mean we're seven billion people and we're seven billion different types of stresses that are going to hit us and so again, uh, enjoying life, understanding that I have the basics in under control. I have shelter, food and water. Yeah. I have the basics. Anybody who's traveled to countries like Bosnia and you've seen these camps or you go to parts of Africa and India where people struggle just to get a pail of water.
2: hmm
1: Just a pail of water. Not we're not talking food, just for something to drink. And they mm-hmm. struggle to get that. And we were and we in this country, you k- technically can't go hungry. There's enough support systems out there, food banks and churches and stuff, where you can get food.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's shelter. And so we have those basics already covered in most cases. Yeah, Living half the world, I always say Halifax, there's 600 people in Halifax that we know of with a PhD,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, a thesis, a doctoral doctor. Yet there's 3 billion people out there with a PhD. They're poor, hungry, and desperate. Yeah, And so... Whatever issues I'm going through, I consider them to be more first-world issues, mm-hmm. and I have to deal with those issues as I go along. A flat tire, uh, I cancer. You know, you're accused of something. There's gossip on the internet. There's this. There's that. There's all that stuff that happens. Yeah, it's that's the way. Our modern society and our Western world is reacting to these things. Mm -hmm. There is no downtime from the news anymore. It's 24-7. Can't get away from it. But you can get away from it. You turn off your devices. You go for a walk along the beach. You throw a ball with your dog. Try to catch a leaf. leaf. (laughs) Try to catch a leaf. (laughs) Have a good meal. Mm. Don't rush your meal. Take it easy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy a bottle of wine with some good friends. Mm. Smoke a good cigar with an old buddy around a <laughs> campfire. That's what you need. Or listen to some great Bob Dylan mm. or Leonard Cohen or Phoebe Snow or Janice Ian or Mahalia Jackson. Listen to some great music, some classical. <laughs> Just go for it. Have some fun. You know, understand that what you're going through is challenging and difficult. But I've met a lot of rich people that didn't have any money.
2: Mm. These
1: are people that knew where it was at. They, they, they lived in the Yukon. They, I, a buddy of mine made less than five thousand dollars a year income, and he's probably happier and richer than anybody I've ever met.
0: Oh yeah, money don't do it. Yeah, you
1: know, don't do it. No. It doesn't do it. No. So your happiness is around you. We live in Canada. We're blessed to live here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: By by the the fortunacy of our birth, or the choice of immigration, like my parents did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're blessed to be here.
2: Yeah. We're
1: awfully lucky. And yes, we're going to go through challenges and difficult times. Mm-hmm. No question about it. But once you got your basics covered, you can deal with all the other issues. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Some people can't do it, unfortunately. And that is rather challenging. That's why shows like yours and others are very important that people can reach out and talk to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On the news, there was a woman recently that will end her life at the end of October because she has terminal brain cancer. Yeah, But well, she decided, no, no, she's going to go her way. Yeah. And I heard the interview she did. I forget her name, but she's an amazing woman. Mm. And I wish her good luck on her journey to the other side because she is really displaying to me what courage and bravery and what pure self-confidence is all about. She's confident enough to know what she needs to do.
0: Yeah, and, and she doesn't see that as being selfish, exactly. Peter, is the big thing.
1: And she's sharing that with everyone because mm-hmm. we're all going to go through that eventually. There will come a time when we're going to cross the bar. Yeah, But you got to ask yourself, do you want to cross the bar on someone else's term or do you want to cross the bar on your term?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I love that about her. She is. She's not the only one to do that. There no. are other brave people out there saying, no, if I'm going to go, I'm going to accept this. Mm. I appreciate the life I've had to this point. Now it's time to to see what's on the other side.
0: Yeah, and I find that very empowering um, because throughout my life too, I've experienced uh, the view that I am selfish because I chose not to have kids. And people no. saw that as selfish because I, that's what you're a woman, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And my thing was is that I know that my mission in life is to assist others Mm -hmm. and they don't have to be my biological children um, to do that and but that took me a little while to get over that you know to have people in society come up to you and say you're selfish for making that choice and no I agree I think it's courageous I think it's empowering I think it's about knowing yourself and what you want for yourself and not allowing other people's to dictate how you are supposed to live. That's
1: right. And and that that's so critical in terms of the de- issue we deal with the stigma. Mm-hmm. Because you have mental illness or post-traumatic stress disorder or operational stress injuries or general anxiety, Yeah. other people go, well, I'm not going to call her anymore. All she, all she ever does is complain or he brags, uh, he does this, he does that. I don't want to mm-hmm. be around those people. They bring me down.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: But have you ever thought to stop and talk to them and say, okay, how can I help you? Is mm-hmm. there something you need, something you do? Just that little olive branch sometimes can break the ice. Mm-hmm. Or as I say, melt the ice. Melt the ice. And yeah. so sometimes you just need that little bit of encouragement. And understand, these are your friends or your loved ones. They're acting differently now. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, Is there anything I can do to help them? Avoiding them is not going to help. No. But, you know, not being a pain to them, of course, not pestering them. Yes. But saying, if you need me, I'm here. And do that follow-up call because if you don't, uh, then they become more silent. Yeah. And when they become silent is when you really got to worry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the, it's the, always the quiet ones you got to be concerned about. Because yeah. you don't know what they're going to do.
0: That's right. and And the thing is, is that you may be able to share one different perspective, one word, a hug, just something that you may view so small, and for the other person, it is the biggest thing that they got in that day. Sure.
1: Well, when the lieutenant governor of Nova Scotia called me,
0: mm.
1: uh, he didn't call me as a lieutenant governor. He no. called me as a fellow guy. That's right. Going through prostate cancer that he went through and just said, well, as another guy you're doing... But I read it differently. I went, this is the lieutenant governor of Nova Scotia. <laughs> this yep. is an important dude. Mm. This is not some fly-by-night fella, buddy of mine. This is, this is, the, this is the guy. He mm. represents the queen, for God's sake. He took time out of his busy schedule, which is incredibly insane, yes. to call. The prime minister of Canada called mm. to offer his support. These are extremely busy people, but when when Justin Trudeau, who's a liberal, knowing that I was a new Democrat, could take the time out of his schedule to call and just offer me his support,
0: Mm -hmm. said everything. Human to human.
1: Exactly. He was just being human. And so I try to play that forward now to other people, Mm -hmm. that if these very uh, busy people in their lives, like James Cowan and others, to take the second out of their time to come and visit and say hello or phone and say, and not email, but actually mm. phone to hear that voice, voice was important. That's why it's so more important to forget the email, the text. You, know, you said the hug, the handshake, the personal one-on-one, the phone call. Yeah. That's that's more important than a text. Electronics will never outdo that in my view.
0: Never, no. And, th- and they don't. Studies show that... We do not get the same amount of love or care or any of those things from um, texting or the computer. It has to be face-to-face. And that's why I do my work Mm face-to-face because we communicate so much better. There's so many signals that we send to one another that are not verbal. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Peter Stoffer and see where the conversation takes us. We'll be back in a moment. In the final segment of mental health, let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 FM. I'm going to continue my conversation with Peter Stoffer, and I'm leaving this last segment totally up to him regarding what does he want our listeners to know about? And we came upon two topics, mindset and perspective. So what do you want our listeners to know about mindset and perspective?
1: Well, understand, first of all, that every single person is going to go through some challenges. Some of them extremely serious challenges, some of them life-ending challenges. Mm. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in, no matter how old you are, you need to appreciate that this is a challenge and that it's, Every single person on the planet will go through it in one yeah. form or another. Mm-hmm. We can't escape it. It's just part of the human psyche. It's part of our experiences in life. Not every day is, I say, cake and candy. There are turnips and Brussels sprouts in your future. <laughs> Not that I like those. And to
0: help us grow, my, Peter. My to apologies help us grow. to the
1: farmer for growing those <laughs> things, but uh, I just never liked those. But So the ability to understand, do you have your basics covered? Mm-hmm. Do you have a place to live? Do you have food? And are you sheltered? Are you warm? Are you cared for? Yeah. Is there a family there for you? Uh, you may come from a divorced background or maybe a single child in some court, but family can be your friends. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who work in certain environments and that working environment is their family.
2: Exactly. You look
1: at a lot of medical people, a lot of military firefighters, their, their workplace and their surroundings is their family. Yeah. No matter how you define family, do you have one? And if you do, they're usually the ones that you can trust and love the best. They're also the ones you have the most emotional arguments with at the same time. It's just the way it is. <laughs> you always take it out on your loved ones because they're the ones you care about the most.
0: Yeah, and you feel safe with.
1: Exactly. and they, you can, And they can appreciate, okay, you're having a bad day or a bad spell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they will help you get through this but also understand that once your basics are covered and you're okay and don't compound it by adding financial stresses to it. Mm. Don't spend money on booze and drugs and stuff you can't afford. Don't think that a vacation's going to recover because you, you can't run away from yourself. No. So don't borrow 6000 bucks to go to Cuba for a vacation or wherever and then come back thinking, "Okay, I'm better now." Because if you haven't dealt with it on a step-by-step basis, you're not going to recover. You're just masking the problem. Mm-hmm. A duct tape only works so far, and then eventually you got to peel it off and deal with it. And so so I always say to folks, trust in yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Trust the people around you. If you love them, you'll trust them. Mm-hmm. Be your friends and family or whoever you define your family to be. Get your basics under control and then deal with it. Don't have to deal with it overnight. No. Take your time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I always find things like a long walk, uh, being with an animal, a dog, or being around horses, or just, you know, being out on the lake. Go fishing. Don't even put a hook on the end of a line. <laughs> just go fishing. It's not, you know, fishing is great. It's the catching that can be miserable, you know. So, the lack of catching. <laughs> yeah, go out and fish. Go for a walk. Yeah. You know, catch a leaf.
0: Yeah. And that's right. my spiritual yeah. and place. Just
1: exactly. Or if you're a religious person, if mm-hmm. you have faith, go into a church if you haven't been there for a while. Go mm-hmm. to a synagogue or a mosque or whatever you think would be helpful. Uh, go into a bookstore, a mm-hmm. used bookstore. I walk around, I just talk to people. Go to a library, um, go to a coffee shop. Just sit down and say hi. You'd be amazed. Go to a library. I mean, all these things. You can do these things. and But be active. You need to move. Uh, being physically active is very helpful. Do some stretches.
2: Mm.
1: You know, build a new routine. And out of this, that turmoil you're going through, you will come out a better person. Yeah. And the people around you will see that. And then what's the beauty of all of this? Once you've gone through it, you then can be the advisor and the helper to other people who are about to go through their own turmoil. Because so many people of the first responder and veteran community have come up to me and said, Mm -hmm. I want to help other people now. Mm -hmm. And so they come up with ideas like pottery or, you know, I've got a place down in the valley they can stay, and I've got a beautiful tree. They can stay with me for a while. They can, uh, you know, walk my dog. They can do all the... I want to I help other people now because they've gone through the turmoil. Yeah. And I take, for example, Deb and Jimmy yeah. Lowther. Jim Lowther went through some horrific times when he was in the service. Mm. Him and his wife started Vets Canada Veterans Emergency Transition Service for homeless veterans. And now it's a nationally recognized charity and well-known throughout the country because he wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. He hasn't eliminated his PTSD. It'll stay with him for the rest of his life. That's right. That's what it does. But he's able to manage it. He knows what the triggers are, and he'll take his quiet time Mm -hmm. or whatever he needs to deal with that because he knows he's got so much more to live for. Yeah. And if you can find that, you'll be much better off. And understand that you'll come out a stronger person in the end.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I find once... We have overcome a challenge and we look back, we do recognize that we have grown, that we have become stronger. Um, and that to me is the perspective piece to be able to hold on to that during those horrible moments and one, say it's okay, this is where I am right now. But recognize that if you put the work in, you will be in a better place, you'll be a better person, and potentially you'll have the skills to help others. And, and that's, the, again, the empowering piece, the perspective, the mindset. Do you want to be a victim or do you want to be somebody who's in charge of their life? And I think that you're an example of taking charge of your life because you're in a good spot and you're happy and you know what you wanna do with the knowledge you have gained through your challenges. And so what now, cause you're retired, what now is going to be your focus with all the information that you have? What are you going to focus on now to bring, I guess, a mental health wellness to yourself but to assist others?
1: Well, number one, my wife and I spend much more time together than mm. we ever did in the past. So we go traveling more.
2: Nice. We go up
1: to Whitehead and we do a lot of things in common. We even took up horseback riding a while ago, something brand new to both of us.
2: Wow. Figure
1: out which end of the horse you get on <laughs> and all that other stuff. But no, it, it, you try something new, mm. brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not a dancer by any means. She loves to dance. So we, we agreed okay, let's go horseback riding. Something brand new out of the way. And it's amazing. First time we saw that horse, his name was Barney. And Barney the horse, bring him a carrot on Friday when I go and see him again. Just just a wonderful experience. And the people yeah. who sort of teach you how to the essence of the essentials of getting to know your horse and riding. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. put the that's bit why, in the mouth. And that's why so many groups are doing equine therapy, using horses for children with autism, yeah. uh, various concerns of that nature, but... The other thing too is understanding that I'm 62 years old right now. I don't know how much time I have left, mm. so I want to make uh, every single minute of every day count for something. Whether it's reading a book, mm. walking my dog, putting in a little extra peanut butter on the sandwich, it doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, catch a leaf, mm. ride a horse, listen to some great music, and you know, talking to a buddy of mine or helping someone who's going through a challenging time because. As we get older, friends around us are getting older, and they're having their issues with their yes. families. Yeah. I've been to 21 funerals already this year, mm-hmm. and I plan to go to a few more by the end of the year. These things are happening. People I know are passing away. People, their parents are passing away. Their kids are having issues. So I'm not by this by myself. And as you get older, you realize, hmm, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the days are coming. You know, Yeah,
0: we're not immune.
1: No, we're not. And so... Make the best of every day, and the best way you can make the best of every day, is bring a smile to someone else's face, enjoy, sell tickets to a raffle, raise money for a good cause, catch a leaf, mm. you never know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And smile. Yeah, oh yeah, smile. Yeah. It definitely triggers but, the brain.
1: Uh, but just as importantly, keep busy. Yeah. Find something to do. A lot of people who are retired, sort of, they've lost their work friends, their social atmosphere, they go into a deep funk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Long before he retired, join a service club, at the Lions, Kiwanis, Kinsmen, Rotarians, Buffalo Club of Eastern Passage. It doesn't matter. Uh, join something. Yeah. Become part of your community. Pick up garbage along the side of the street when you're going for a walk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, th- that way, you can honestly say, you know, that path I walked on is a little cleaner because I was there.
0: Yeah, I've impacted Simple.
1: exactly. Simple of it. You don't have to be seen or name in the paper or on the news. Just do it for yourself. Yeah. And you'll realize, yeah, I, I am worthy. I am worth. I have worth. I have value. And I want to leave my mark, even if it's in a quiet way. Mm. And have mm-hmm. some fun doing it.
0: And I love your statement, I am worthy, because I tell people that yeah. all the time yeah. because they think that they're burdening others. And I say, no. you are worthy, and you need to start believing that. Because I already believe that. Yeah. That's why I'm here. But I can't help you until you start believing it, too. That's right.
1: When you've got to accept that you're going through a challenge, it's not a stigma. No. Other people want to attach that stigma label to you, let them do it. It's about ignore them. it. Six and stones, that kind of stuff, ignore it. Turn off the Facebook, turn off the email, the Twitter, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. If people are going to be negative, they're just going to be negative. There's nothing you could do to stop that. In fact, accept it. Accept it. Look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump. You could throw whatever you want at him. You think he really cares? Of course he doesn't. So I think, well, how can he be that ignorant towards all the serious allegations and accusations towards him? He doesn't care. He's riding through it. I don't mean to be like a Donald Trump ignorant, but but don't be Teflon either, but you've got to accept the fact that there are people out there that are gonna say and do things about you.
0: Mhm. So don't what? give them the, powers, don't give what them the power. Don't give them the power.
1: Don't like don't give a bully the chance you're fearful. That's if right. the bully's gonna hit you, go ahead, take your best shot, buddy. If mm-hmm. that makes you happy, take your best shot. They'll eventually leave you alone or walk away. Or mm-hmm. they'll fear you. Mm hmm. And that turn that fear around. So no, there's um Go out and have some fun. Ignore the, ignore the criticisms. Um, Nellie McClung, I think, the first woman in, um, in the House of Commons, once said, let them scream, get it done. <laughs> I love that line.
0: Well, we're going to sign off on that line, bon, okay. and I want to thank you for joining me today.
1: No, thank you. My very best to all your listeners as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, excellent. And on behalf of myself and Georgina Fitzpatrick, my producer for today, be empowered.